0: Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Nicole Weaver. Nicole has PTSD due to child sexual abuse. She has flourished despite all obstacles related to having PTSD. She also has bipolar disorder, ADHD, and panic disorder. But these disorders do not have her mental health advocacy is nicole's passion and she believes that the work starts with the individual before the individual can change the world she has a bachelor of arts degree in psychology and she's also a recovering perfectionist she's married has four cats and a bearded dragon hope you enjoy today's episode MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. Nicole, I am so excited to have you on My Sentiments Exactly podcast today to share your journey with PTSD, resulting from child sexual abuse, you have also um, struggled with ADHD, panic disorder, bipolar disorder, um, and you are a mental health advocate. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want us to get right into your journey and whatever you feel comfortable sharing, just leading us up to, you know, how you became a mental health advocate from your experiences.
1: Okay. Um, would you like me to start with my story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so when I was nine, my parents um got separated. My dad moved out, and a few months later, um uh, my mom um brought in a boyfriend, um, introduced me to him, and then two months after she introduced me to him, she moved him into our Apartment. Um, even though I had just this awful feeling about him, my intuition told me that he was a bad man, yeah. and I could not act on that intuition because my mom took that choice away from me. Mm-hmm. And um, so, April of 1994, he moved in, and when I This was when I was nine years old, and starting in uh, June, um, I was on summer break, and my mom was working full-time, and she had this man um, watch me alone, Mm. and he ended up sexually abusing me, um, raping me, and even choking me when I tried to run away. Mm. Okay. And I dissociated a lot. There are some things that um, I remember clearly, and some where I just um, put the pieces together. Yeah. And it had a profound effect on me. Um, Even though I didn't remember much of what happened to me when I was 10 years old, um, I started overeating just to feel invisible. Okay. And I was pulling out my hair, and it was just, it was just devastating, and I didn't know why I was doing it back then, but when I was 14, um, I remembered a bunch of details, and I told my mom about the, um, abuse, and she believed me, um, thankfully, Yeah. um, so I was in therapy when I was a teenager. I didn't really take therapy too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, as, but as an adult, I've done a lot of healing. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and I just decided to uh, just once and for all um, dig into my memories and, um, realize what my triggers were, um, because, um, it affects a lot of areas in my life, especially my, um, relationship with my wife and sexual intimacy. Um, but since I've been in therapy, um, as an adult, um, working on my trauma, Um, My life has improved in so many ways. Um, I no longer uh, pull out my hair. Um, I'm starting to lose weight now. Um, I'm um, developing healthy eating and realizing why I wanted to be overweight and being just ready to shed the invisibility and feeling like I'm being seen again.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you so much again, just for your willingness to share your story. I can only imagine how difficult um, it can be to you know re- recount those things. And I know you're an advocate, but you know it does take some sort of reliving to be able to, you know tell people your story. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing, and I don't take it lightly.
1: Thank you. And I'm not all the way to where I want to be in um, recovery and healing, but mm-hmm. I'm getting there and it's going to be a process. Yeah. I know that PTSD affects your brain yeah. and develops differently, especially mm-hmm. when you've had trauma as a kid. Um, so there are just some things that I probably will have to accept will be forever changed, but... Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. so I, the serenity prayer comes to mind, Um, so God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can, and have the wisdom to know the difference.
0: Yeah, that's so good, that's so good, and you know what I love, um, that you said, that you're honest about where you are, because, you know, a lot of times we rush to the healing process, but there are certain times where we're not ready for that yet, so I really admire your honesty and your transparency in that, and just that self-awareness is so important.
1: Yes, and I've developed a lot of self-awareness over the years. Um, Three years ago is when I really uh, seriously started working on changing my thoughts because my thoughts um, affect my feelings and actions, and I thought if I could get to the thought level, changing my thoughts, it would change the course of my life, and I feel like it has um, i don't know where I'd be if I hadn't done the thought started doing the thought work in twenty seventeen
0: yeah that is that is so important. Um, So I do want to ask you this. Um, I know you're not necessarily in the healing process right now, but what would you even say um, to those that maybe have been in similar situations that you have and possibly there is bitterness or anger towards the parent for putting them in that situation? What would you say to that?
1: I would say that the blame falls squarely on the perpetrator, not on the parent, not on um, you, the survivor. Um, and I don't blame my mom for it. She she let him into our
0: lives, but she didn't make him abuse me. Um, yeah. It
1: was all his doing.
0: Yeah. And when I'm saying that, I know like, the blame isn't put on the parent, but I have heard some people that have gone through a similar experience and they have, they have put the blame on the parent. So I, I appreciate you saying that to make sure that you are acknowledging the wrongdoing of the perpetrator rather than, you know, who might have placed you in that situation knowingly or unknowingly. Um, because at the time, based on what you say, your mom wasn't aware, you know, she was working, so she wasn't aware that that was going on at first. Okay.
1: Yes, and I didn't tell her because in not so many words, um, my perpetrator threatened uh, to hurt me if I went forward.
0: Okay, so did it take your mom or maybe someone else noticing something, or did you actually one day just say i'm being abused
1: um i didn't do it of my own volition um my my paternal grandmother was visiting uh, my mom and me when i was 14 years old mm-hmm. and at the time i was um self-harming i was cutting myself and i would wear long sleeves to hide the cuts Mm. And it got, while my, um, grandma was in the kitchen with me, I caught my sleeve on something and, um, it exposed the cuts. Okay. And my grandma was concerned and she immediately, um, told my mom and showed me the cuts. And, um, we had a very long conversation and Mm. I thought that maybe, Part of the reason I was cutting myself was because of um, the PTSD and
0: just unresolved trauma. Okay, got you. Got you. And again, thank you. I'll, I'll keep thanking you for sharing this. I know it's, <clears throat> it's not easy, so I, I really appreciate you sharing. What would you say are the most common misconceptions or stereotypes associated with rape?
1: that it's the survivor's fault that he or she must have done something to bring it on Mm -hmm. and that that attitude even runs when children are involved and I think it's yeah it's horrible and I think that we need to change the conversation about rape and um, especially
0: child sexual abuse. I I agree with that. Um, it, yeah, it gets really complicated when children are, are involved, especially. I know with anyone, it's not okay to say that it was their fault or that they brought it upon themselves, but especially when you get into, you know, child sexual abuse, it's, um, that's just not, that's not acceptable (laughs) that's not acceptable so yeah i agree that that is that is a common misconception um what would you tell someone who has been raped either as a child or no matter what age what would you tell them
1: that it's not your fault that what happened to you was wrong and you did nothing to deserve it.
0: I know sometimes there are perpetrators who maybe are not in the right frame of mind. And so I I would like to ask you, what would you say besides the obvious of don't do it what would you say to the perpetrator, anyone's perpetrator? Maybe they're, maybe they are listening. And this is just kind of their secret way of, you know, just trying to figure out, I don't know, they're curious about this episode and and they just wanted to hear more. Um, What would you tell them as someone that has been a victim?
1: I would tell them that the absence of a no does not mean yes. Mm because a lot of women are afraid to say no. Yeah. I would look at their body language and what else they're saying, yeah. and just decide what to do from there. And especially if a um if a woman or a man in the situation is drunk, um that the person can't consent. Mhm. Um, So if you
0: do something while they're drunk and can't consent, that's rape. Yeah, that is so important. And I'm so glad that you brought that out. I'm so glad that you brought that out. Um, Now, you have had quite a bit of, you know, mental health struggles. What have been the most beneficial coping strategies, coping methods um, for you?
1: Um, in March 2019, I decided to start my own blog called The Bipolar Kitty. Oh, that's and so thank you. And I just decided that I was sick of hiding who I was because although my disorders don't define me, mm-hmm. um, they do shape a lot of who I am. And Absolutely. I wanted to share with the world, I have bipolar disorder, PTSD, and try to offer hope to others. So what I do to cope is I tell my story, and I listen to others when um, they feel inspired by me to come forward with their issues.
0: Yeah, that is so important. And I mean, you can find healing in sharing your story. So what would you say have been the biggest obstacles to you, for you, as it relates to the healing process? Part of the
1: healing process that have come about as obstacles for me Mm -hmm. um, are just um, being triggered by um, certain events um, like like touching my neck, like my wife will touch my neck sometimes. That reminds me of being choked, so Mm -hmm. she doesn't do it. Okay. Um, so an obstacle is just trying not to be triggered, but once I am triggered, figuring out what to do with that.
0: Got you. Yeah, that's important, paying attention to your triggers. Um, is there anything else that you would advise someone to do who is trying to work on healing and just coping with the trauma and paying attention to their triggers? Is there any other advice that you would offer them? I would let
1: them know to be patient that healing is a long and sometimes arduous process. Yeah. And it's also not linear. So you may make progress and then you backslide a little bit. But I think you'll find that um, you make more progress than backsliding. So um, you make at least tiny incremental steps toward healing. And I would advise um, the survivor not to. Um, be discouraged.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a lot of hurt that you have experienced from your experiences. Is there anything that you, I don't want to say positive, but is there anything that you have learned maybe about yourself or your, your own resiliency from your experiences? Although you may not um, be healed from all of the hurt, are there some things that may be have inspired you about yourself throughout this journey?
1: I've learned that I have amazing coping mechanisms. Um, Even the dissociation while um, the events were happening to me is pretty amazing. Um, Even though it may be a lot to unpack later but I saved myself from even um further trauma the trauma of having
0: to remember everything yeah yeah absolutely and i know you had mentioned you know as a child you didn't really take therapy seriously um so have you been taking advantage of of therapy now has that been a helpful practice for you as well
1: yes and i see my therapist more often now during um COVID yeah. because I um, see her on Zoom, so it's just really easy to make appointments with her. So I've been utilizing my therapist a lot.
0: Yeah. And what would you say has been the most beneficial thing about having therapy? It
1: keeps me accountable both to myself and to the therapist.
0: Yeah, accountability is is so important, <laughs> especially now. You know, being shut in and you're just kind of left with your emotions and processing. You don't really have those outlets that you would normally have. So I definitely feel that therapy is is a good resource for anyone. Um, do you still have the blog now? Yes, I do.
1: It's okay. at thebipolarkitty dot
0: com. Okay. Okay, and you post, you still post there?
1: Yes, I post regularly. Sometimes I take breaks when life just gets too much, yeah. but I'm making progress towards starting my own business. and Wow, that's exciting. And I would like to become a peer coach for people with bipolar disorder yeah. and other co-occurring disorders. Um, pretty soon.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think that's wonderful, and your blog is a really good start to that. So, I want us to just close out with you sharing um, where people can stay connected with you. Um, obviously, your blog, um, but if there is any other outlet that people can connect with you, you you're welcome to share that.
1: Okay. Um, well, again, there's the blog at thebipolarkitty.com. And you could also follow me on social media on Facebook and Instagram, both
0: at the bipolar kitty. And I'll have all of those things in the episode description for those that would like to connect with Nicole. And Nicole, thank you so much again for your willingness to come on and share your story and to raise awareness. I have no doubt in my mind that this will help people that listen, maybe that have experienced. Similar experiences, or maybe that haven't, but it's always good to have awareness. So, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate you and we cherish your story here.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
0: having you hear my story and having the world hear my story. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Make sure that you connect with Nicole on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcast's Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSEPodcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by GraceNP.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.